one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And thanks for joining us, everybody. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here. We are from South Florida, and we dodged a bullet this week. Uh, I know that yes, our, we did. our friends in Jacksonville at Best Bet probably had to close that poker room today. Uh, up north, a little farther, uh, maybe in North Carolina or a few places like that, probably have some uh, places close. I, I don't know, Dave. Hurricane Dorian. You've lived here a lot of your life, haven't you, down here? I have. And I've only been here half my life, thirty-one, a little over half my life, 31 years. But uh, I've never seen a hurricane move so damn slow. And thank I mean, God it did. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. It really was. It's well, the westward line, when it went through the Bahamas, was headed directly at Fort Lauderdale. Maybe West Palm Beach, I guess. If it, it, there was a chance it could, could have gone a little bit south. They anyway, were talking about we Broward, West Palm yet. Beach border. Was but what they, they said throughout, they said, it's going to turn north. And before that, they said it's going to stall. It's going to slow down. Well, when they said stall, I didn't think it meant a day and a half of just oh sitting there God. over Freeport. My goddaughter put on Facebook, she says, my son walks faster than this storm is going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is true. It's, it's amazing. Even when it was one mile an hour, people were saying that oh on the air. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything. We've seen storms stall but this thing looked like it, it was vacationing, you know, over there in the Bahamas. The way it destructed, you know, destroyed everything there, it's... And it's still not moving that fast. I think it's about up to eight miles an hour, maybe right now. But let uh, me tell you, it's just uh, you know, like you said, we dodged a bullet. Yeah, I'm very sorry for the folks in the Bahamas. You yeah, know, those people got absolutely destroyed. You know, I mean, and let's, uh, let's pray that uh, you know they can rebuild that island. You know, those, those places again because it's total devastation. Dude. Well, it didn't hit uh, Nassau where the uh, the PCA. Who knows if that'll be played in January now? But this whole this storm affects the whole poker world for sure in a big way. But uh, I don't think Nassau got hit that hard. I uh, actually did a little bit of Ubering, and I had some people who were from. Well, they've been living in Nassau for a while. They're from England, right? And I asked them, and I, they said that uh, you know their friends, you know, so there's a lot of wind and rain. But they had not checked their house yet to see it, but they weren't in anticipating anything major. Right. You know, they just caught a lot of rain and, you know, some of the winds and stuff that comes with that. But, you know, nothing compared to what they did in right. Freeport and Well, and if, Abaco. A, if you can get tons of wind and rain and then just get that for about 36 hours straight, you can imagine what would happen. Yeah, so well, there was a the, two-story the, house where the water was already up on the second floor. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's unbelievable. Anyway, um, luckily the uh, World Series of Poker uh, Tour was out in Los Angeles, uh, and they're playing the final table today at the Legends of Poker at the Bicycle. We'll run down uh, what's happening out there. They are underway on the final table, by the way. One player has been eliminated, but amazingly, uh, there's only one player out of six that I've even heard of, and I'm a guy who follows all these names. Jared Greiner is the guy. Uh, but uh, the other guys, other five guys, I never even heard of. But uh, yeah, that's what's happening in the world of poker. It seems today. Players I'm surprised we're not up. getting more of that, Dave, with the feels that we're getting. You understand? Right. I mean, but again, you follow this, 
you know, you follow all these other tournaments a lot closer than I do. And uh, like you said, for you not to recognize many of the names or any of the names except for one, uh, lets you know. But again, we do know there's a lot of great players out there that you know are not household names. You know, and right. um, yeah, you know, other well, you catch top, lightning in a bottle. Other you know? top poker players know who they are, but yes, you know. The the joy of poker and what we what what's created what we do and all of that also has always started with moneymaker and you know the excitement that you know average Joe can can play with the big boys and girls and come out ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one player has been eliminated thus far, and uh, we'll give you some of the names in just a second. Uh, Griner still hanging in there, but. Uh, they are playing out in Los Angeles, and uh, the Borgata tournament is just getting underway up in New Jersey. So that will be next as far as the WPT is concerned. Big tournament up there, and we'll be following that one as well. Always uh, some big names playing up there, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the one tournament we were talking about last week was uh, EPT Barcelona, and that finished up last week. The winner of that one was uh, Simon Brandstrom. And I believe they had record numbers entering that tournament. They had tournament, some nice ones, yeah, mistaken. for sure. Uh, Martin Crusor uh, finished second. Rui Sousa was third. Diego Falcone in fourth. Giovanni Torri and Yunyi Liu. So another tournament with uh, a lot of names that uh, probably not really all that familiar with. But that was EPT Barcelona. And there were a lot of big-name players in that one as well, but that got knocked out before the final table. So uh, kind of an interesting tournament over there in Barcelona. And uh, tournaments move on here into the fall. Next tournament here in South Florida, next big one, is the circuit, WSOP circuit at the uh, Seminole Coconut Creek. That starts on September 16th and will be played through the 30th. Yeah, I forgot that they're doing it twice a year now down here, February Well, only once this now. The, oh. February, the February tournament was moved to Tampa this next year. Ah, I did not, I did not read that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Coconut Creek uh, had two tournaments last year and over the last uh, season, and this year they just get one, the one here in September, and then February. Uh, the tournament that used to be at Palm Beach Kennel Club is now going to be played at Tampa. They have a brand new room opening. Uh, and you've never spoken to Noah about that, huh? Why they gave uh, that up? Or I, why you, I did told? talk to him, but nothing I could really release on the air. Oh, okay. Uh, Pablo Perez is now the uh, director of poker over at the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa. Well, now that makes sense that now they're going to be running one of their tournaments up there. Yeah. But uh, he is over there right now, so... Uh, Maybe we'll get him on the air to talk to him when uh, we get a chance. So, uh, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, the Seminole Hard Rock uh, in Hollywood, the Guitar Hotel, set to open October 24th. That will be a big day and a uh, brand new poker room, which I heard is just absolutely incredible. So, uh, if they had an advantage over the other Paramutuals and the other places here before. They already uh, had it with the with the regular casino it's and going hotel up they now. had now. They're playing in a converted ballroom. They're going to be actually playing in a designed poker room that they put together. So uh, you got to think that's going to be pretty incredible. First class uh, operation over they, there. They've been nothing but first class since day one, practically. So yeah, this is like I've said before, Dave. It's uh, you know if they wanted to. They could put almost every other poker room out of business if they really wanted to. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I guess they're very happy with what they're pulling in right now. And, um, you know, God bless them because they really have done everything first class, like you just said. I mean, it's it's been incredible. Well, it should be uh, 
Should be some fun. We'll, of course, be reporting on that. Uh, they have a big, their first big show is the following day after the hotel opens. It's uh, Maroon 5. They're going to be uh, doing a show over there. So, uh, First class entertainment, first class food. They have like uh, uh, something like 19 new, nineteen restaurants and uh, some really big names. I, I had, and have I you seen anything how that. they're going to do with the, uh, did they take up all of the, I don't know what that was called, the plaza, you know, like where the clubs were, where the comedy they, club They tore was. that all down. They're redoing that whole thing. Right, but I'm saying, did the main, did the guitar-shaped hotel and everything involved with it take all of that up? Or are they going no, to reopen some clubs uh, and stuff like that? You remember that where there? that big lake was? Right. There, where behind Hooters yeah. you could see it. That They filled that all in, and that's where the hotel is, basically. Oh, okay. Out closer to uh, 441. And then uh, I don't know what the whole layout is, but they have a separate uh, Hard Rock Live where the concerts are going to be that is in a separate building now. And besides the Qatar-shaped hotel, part of the hotel is a little kind of a maybe 8, 10-story curvy little uh, side uh, part of the hotel. Probably for conventions and yeah, stuff like got, that. Yeah, they got all kinds of rooms and stuff. So uh, Unbelievable, and uh, the time is nigh to uh, check that out, so we'll be looking forward to that as well. Yep. Uh, college football underway. Uh, looking forward to a good season there as well, and uh, maybe pop into a couple of poker rooms that I've never been to before. My first trip is uh, this weekend, headed to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, playing a game in Stillwater against McNeese State. Kind of a small game. Oh. But, uh, uh, Oklahoma State, you said, or Oklahoma? Yeah, Oklahoma State. Okay. And I'm flying into Tulsa, where I've been before, but. Uh, I think it might be a little far to drive down to Choctaw, which is closer to uh, Dallas. But um, some of these trips, I get to see a few of these rooms and uh, be reporting on that as well. A few things to discuss tonight. Uh, Interesting story about this guy who made a big scene at uh, the World Series of Poker. Not the guy who I told you last week won two uh, tournaments at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open that got disqualified for grabbing the other guy's chip stack yes. while he was away from the table. Uh, not that guy, but the other guy who really got a lot of publicity, and that was the guy who uh, pulled his pants down and uh, flipped his shoe up there, and they escorted him out. Uh, his name was Ken Strauss, and they're calling him the WSOP nudist. But uh, he was unhappy with uh, some things, and he made a big scene there at the uh, main event, and they escorted him out. So that was the first thing that happened. He then went over to um, one of the other hotels and climbed up on one of the tables and uh, pulled his pants. That was at the Luxor. And he exposed himself there. So he was uh, ejected from that place as well. Now he's been arrested uh, for a couple of tweets he made out in Las Vegas. Uh, He said... The, the tweet was, shootings are taking place all over Las Vegas. Please leave me alone, Venetian. I have no place to go currently, and all casinos that have banned me will be destroyed immediately. And Rio, get my belongings together immediately when uh, the President of the United States declares safe, I'm going. Huh? That was his tweet. De- declares what safe? Uh, this guy's just uh, from way terrorism, out, I guess. Way, way out there, I guess. Yeah, he and mumbled when he was arrested. He mumbled to the police. He mumbled, "Kill them all." So this is a kind of psycho that uh, you know you 
people just kind of looked at someone as being crazy. But now there's guys like this guy in uh, West Texas uh, in the last uh, spate of shootings that people saw was going downhill quickly and appeared to be a mental case. And then he just took a rifle in his uh, truck and drove around and shot people. So uh, we have to take those kind of things more seriously now. Uh, it's a whole argument about guns and everything that's uh, going crazy right now. But uh, the people that have these guns and shouldn't, you know, obviously this guy was one of them. And I, he got a gun by using a loophole to purchase it. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's nothing we can do about, you know, the old saying, uh, if guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. guns. So there's some but credit, it seems to, credit have worked, to that. It seems to have worked in a lot of different countries. Yeah, it does. You understand? I mean, I don't but know I, if you've ever heard of the comedian Jim Jeffries. Yeah. And he talked about a massive killing, you know, like, you know, the worst. And they finally said in Australia, you know what, guns are illegal. And I don't know what they went about, but he claims, I don't know how true it is because I haven't researched that part of it, but he claims that there hasn't been another mass shooting in Australia since they banned them. Yeah. And, you know, you really don't hear about them in England either, where, where you know, cops don't even, don't even carry guns. So, you know, listen, it's it, 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 we have the right to carry arms. I just don't understand why why citizens need uh, automatic yeah. weapons. Yeah, you you know, military wep- military weapons of war. types of uh, weapons. Yeah, absolutely. But my point here is is this guy is a you know, if it's something happens once someone gets drunk and does something, you know, that's one thing. Uh but to continuously uh you know act out and, and, and have these types of problems, I think poke as a poker room director, if you've seen a couple of these things happen, then you're gonna take action and remove this guy from coming back again. Well, obviously, you're not going to put up with someone jumping on a table, even if they didn't expose themselves and drop their pants, you know. Um, I just found out that a uh, a player that I've known for a long time, probably I would imagine he would have been close to late 30s, maybe maybe turning 40, uh, just took his own life. Oh, no. Yeah, took his own life and, you know, used a shotgun on top of that. Um, and you know what? I was never, I never suspected anything with this man. Matter of fact, I used to see him, you know, always in a great mood, always with beautiful ladies around him, you know, always happy. And when all of a sudden I found out, because he had a nickname and I didn't call him by his nickname. I called him by his first name and Someone goes, you know, Mao died, and I said, what? And and I said, who's that? And when they showed me a picture, I go, oh my God, I can't believe it was him. And you know, like we're talking about all these people who do these things. Sometimes they they hide it so yeah, well. They do. They do. But like you said, to your point, listen, if somebody starts acting crazy like this gentleman here that we're talking about that's done this at multiple casinos, you know. It's time for other people to get involved in there. Maybe uh, Baker act his his butt for a while and you know see if we can get to it. It, it seems like people don't want to get involved, don't want to be the bad people. But Dave, growing up, I don't ever recall any of these mass shootings. Do you? Yeah, no, I don't. And it's we're the same amazing. age, so I don't understand that. It's amazing. Uh, after this guy was arrested, by the way, uh, there was one other incident. The Red Rock Casino says that uh, he allegedly tried to lure a child at the hotel pool into his room. Really? Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, there's continuous things that are happening with this person. And, you know, you would think maybe if a guy does one t- one time that he's trying to get a little publicity, just get some attention. Or like you said, or he got drunk and just, you know, acted the fool. Right, exactly. So some crazy stuff here, but this guy is continuously in the news and uh, not for any good reasons. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, that I saw the article today was... Uh, uh, a movie that we talked about is being put together, a new documentary called Poker Queens. And uh, it's, a, it's a focus on women that play poker, one of our favorite uh, topics here. And they're getting the documentary treatment in a film, which is uh, being made by uh, director Sandra Moore and executive producer Christine Beatty. Uh, they actually rented a uh, room to interview people out in uh, the World Series of Poker this summer. And uh, a lot of our friends that we've had on the show will be involved. Uh, Linda Johnson, of course, one of the the first lady of poker, really. Jan Fisher, Maria Ho, uh, Kristen Bicknell. And I watched the uh, Kelly Minkin is another that's been on the show here that uh, is going to be in this movie. And it's uh, pretty interesting uh, the way they uh, talk about it. The World Poker Tours... uh, one of the directors, Angelica Hale, that we also had on, is going to be involved. Lonnie Harwood is featured. Esther Taylor, Liv Bowery, uh, a lot of the big names uh, of women playing poker. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, that's coming out later in the year. So uh, the teaser for the film is up. You can pick that up on YouTube and check it out. Uh, I don't see an exact release date. Uh, yeah, it looks like November is about when it's going to come out. It's going to premiere on Amazon Prime. Uh, no information yet if it's going to be in theaters or possibly available on other uh, platforms. But, and the uh, name once again it's called is? Poker Queens. Poker Queens. I think they had planned uh, another name for it originally. And it's going to uh, be like a documentary. Style. A documentary about women in poker and interviews and and uh, a lot of the stories I, uh, I saw in the trailer. Uh, Lonnie Harwood talking about how her father introduced her to the game. She used to. Basically, sit at his elbow and watch him play online. And and when they said, you know, I talked to her about going to college, she said, I, I'm not going to college. I want to play poker for a living. <laughs> and, uh, they laughed, but uh, it's funny. That's works out well. I, that's kind of how I got my introduction into poker too. Was sitting up with my dad when my mother was going crazy trying to get me to bed, and my father said, Do him along with me, and I'd be up. I'd be up till one, two in the morning when I really shouldn't have been watching my dad play poker with his friends. Yeah, so exactly. that's, you know, now that you mentioned that, I had never thought about that, but that, that's how I got my first introduction into it. Well, they show the problems that women go through uh, trying to get into the game, uh, you know, and and how things have advanced. You know, obviously, uh, the main event is a $10,000 tournament, so we haven't quite seen the numbers that we see in some smaller tournaments. But uh, this year, it was 350 women in the field of uh, over 8,500, so it was about 4.1%. And it's been steady around that number, hasn't it? Around 3 to 5%? Uh, pretty much, yeah. In between 3 and 5, I would say, is a pretty good number. Uh, they also talked about how uh, Sia Layton, who had written a book about poker, actually dressed up like a man one time to, to uh, do a little experiment about how she was treated differently, so... Uh, it is kind of interesting story, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting on Amazon Prime. You said Amazon Prime, yeah. All righty, look well, forward we'll to that on. in November. Also, uh, some new events have been added that uh, gives you an idea of where the trends are going in the world of poker. 
Uh, they added five tournaments to the schedule that they have. There are now 15 events, including a 550 Colossus near the end of the event. But they added two short deck tournaments, a 25,000 euro short deck tournament and a 2,500. So those will be in. They also added an eight-game mix, uh, 2,500 eight-game mix, 25,000 mixed games championship. And a $250,000 super high roller. So uh, Wow. That's amazing. I mean, we talk about high rollers at 50, 25, and 50K. <laughs> now we're seeing some hundred thousands. This is 250,000 euros. Quarter of a million. I, I would have to say, yeah, that is high stakes. Yeah, absolutely. So that all comes later in the fall. It's again going to be at the King's Casino in Rosvedov in the Czech Republic. And uh, the dates here, uh, October the 13th through November 4th. So 15 events now, which is, I remember they had five and seven the last couple of years. So that's getting bigger and bigger over there. Uh, of course, we got uh, the big poker master, British poker masters going on right now as well. So uh, a lot of explosion in poker, especially in Europe. Uh, you know, obviously we have the big events here, but uh, you keep an eye on some of the things, and it's really exploding in all these countries. You know, they get a hero that comes over to the World Series, a uh, Hossein Ensign of uh, Germany, you know, the latest to, to do it. But just some of these smaller countries get one player that has a big tournament, and all of a sudden the game starts to explode. Well, it's just much like it did here. You know, you have one one star, you know, and as we, we credit, moneymaker with that you know you you need an average joe yeah exactly to 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 you know climb that mountain get to that pinnacle and sure enough everybody else says hey if he could do it i could do it you yeah, know absolutely so okay a couple other things i want to talk about tonight uh, a couple articles out of uh, card player that uh, i thought were interesting jonathan little did a great one kind of identifying different types of players he call he kind of lumps it into three main types and i wanted to Get Joe's thought about that. Uh, the one comment you made to me was that things are a little bit different down here in Florida than there are elsewhere. But uh, you certainly see what direction he's going in. I when I started playing poker, that's exactly what you had. I mean, boy, that was the blueprint right there. What Jonathan Little wrote. It's a lot different now, and at least in my opinion, from what I've seen. Right. Uh, well, we'll talk about that when we come back. A couple other things. Maybe we'll get to a little discussion on uh, some PLO and some things you should avoid at the table as well. Uh, you're listening to Poker Action Line, where you can always find the show on SoundCloud. Tweet it out to your friends. Uh, send an email to your friends. Also, uh, iTunes, like to have you rate the show. Uh, you know, Follow us on there. Subscribe. And uh, a lot of stuff uh, happening uh, all over the place to get the show. Oh, my, give us five stars, as Geo says. Yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can go to Poker Action Line and go to the archive there, or possibly pick us up on uh, the uh, Hold'em Radio Network, good place to hear the show. I know they carried the show on Friday night this last week, and uh, we appreciate that as well. So Poker Action Line will be returned. We'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. 
Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Energy drives our nation's economy and is an important part of our daily lives. By taking steps to become more energy efficient, we can all save money and help reduce our nation's overall energy demand. I'm Energy Secretary Sam Bodman, encouraging you to use Energy Star products and appliances such as dishwashers, washing machines, and thermostats. They can reduce your energy bills by up to 30%. Replacing your existing light bulbs with Energy Star qualified fluorescent lights in the lamps and fixtures throughout your home will save up to 50% on lighting costs. By installing Energy Star storm windows and double-pane windows, you can reduce energy loss in your home by 25 to 50%. You have the power to make a difference. By using Energy Star products, you can reduce your home energy bills and help our nation reduce its energy use. More information on Energy Star products and savings can be found at www.energysavers.gov or call toll-free 1-877-337-3463. This powerful savings message is provided by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Alliance to Save Energy. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt, race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO Radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here. As we bring you another edition of Poker Action Line. Uh, just looking at the WPT schedule, I mentioned the Borgata. That uh, main event starts on September 15th. Uh, they then travel to Maryland Live for a main event, a $3,500 main event. Starts September 28th. Uh, and then the next U.S. event after that is October 11th in Jacksonville. The best bet, Bounty Scramble. Always a popular tournament. Hopefully they won't have any hurricane damage uh, tonight and tomorrow as the storm hits. And uh, they will be back there. Then they travel to Montreal. And then back in November, right around the Thanksgiving holiday, they'll have the Seminole Hard Rock Rock and Roll Poker Open. And that will be November 29th, starting there. Close out the uh, calendar year with the WPT 5 Diamond Classic in December out in uh, Vegas at the Bellagio. So nice uh, set of tournaments out there. Uh, the uh, just to let you know about the WPT circuit, I mentioned the Seminole Hard Rock. That's uh, or the Seminole Coconut Creek. That is coming up in uh, just a few weeks, September the 19th. Uh, that series starts. The main event I think starts on the 26th. Uh, before that, they uh, go to Milwaukee. Uh, tournament before then, uh, which starts next week, is in Sacramento at Thunder Valley, and currently they are playing at the Ameristar in the St. Louis area in St. Charles. So uh, that's all after the Foxwoods. They go to St. Louis, Sacramento, Milwaukee, and then down here to South Florida. So uh, check out that schedule on uh, the WSOP uh, website, and uh, you can get all the information. Um, just to update you on that British Poker Open, I thought this was interesting. They had the uh, the Masters Poker Masters tournament that they kind of uh, brought it after, and this is going on over in uh, London. 
And the first tournament was won by Luke Greenwood, but the uh, thing that was interesting to me, it was a 10,000-euro uh, tournament, and they only had 26 players. Really? Yeah. And this is on the heels of Barcelona. So there is some uh, uh, weariness setting in. Uh, you know, there's some uh, oversaturation involved. And, uh, you know, I think they get to the point where they'll have to cut back because uh, if you start drawing tournaments like that, there's not a lot of reason. Oh, it's them. not a matter of them drawing back. The casino won't. I mean, I don't know. Was there a guarantee there that you recall? No, I don't think so. No, right? So, you know. 26, that's a that's a little bit disappointing, Dave. Yeah, exactly. But that tournament rolls on as well, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. There will be some big-name players that uh, head over from Barcelona and play there. Sam Grafton uh, finished in fourth. Steve O'Dwyer was second. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, the article by Jonathan Little that I wanted to discuss, he talks about poker players uh, kind of being cut into three different groups. And that it's very important as you play, especially if you're, uh, you know, a good player that plays with a lot of, uh, you know, goes to these cash games, and there may be all different types of skill levels there. There, I mean, when I used to play, you know, before the the higher limits were here in South Florida, the private games that I played at and dealt at, Dave, you hit the nail on the head there. You definitely had a completely different skill set for all these players. You know, playing back then, it was mostly limit. Right. You know, there right. really wasn't exactly. no limit. So it was a it was really crazy. And then once no limit kind of got introduced, um, once again, you went through the gamut of because people weren't used to it. And, you know, the, the top players who knew how to grab a handle on this um, first and hold them when it was limit, when when... When seven card stud was the big game, as you know, right? Then it went to hold them. Then it went to hold them no limit. And then over the last few years, you know, it was the Omaha high low, and now it's just PLO Omaha for high. Top notch poker players take great advantage. At least it's been my experience, and 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 from playing and watching them, these people who understand this game a lot better than anybody else. When it when it's in an infant stage, just rack up, just continue to take racks and racks of chips home every night. It's just right. it's amazing. And then as soon as as soon as the main throb of people who play it have improved their games enough, where now you're working a lot harder, the 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 simple moves to trap people are no longer working, and then there's a new game on the horizon. They start going over to that game and making sure that they are they are the best of that game when that game starts to quote get hot. Are there one the two mainstream. limit and two four limit games being played now at your room? Yeah, well, seeing that? like I said, yeah, we have the we, usually, we still old, have usually older people, maybe we, some we older have, women. We have we listen like the high, the high hand chasers, these you know oh, yeah, these jackpots yeah, chasers. That. It's all they freaking do. You know, they're, they're, these they don't are, want to lose these a lot are of not money. poker players. Right. These, I, 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 you know, I hate to say it, but they're really not poker players. They're there, you know, they're <laughs> they're selling themselves to whoever's the highest bidder, for lack of, a, for, not for lack of, for not me not using the word I want to use on the air here, <laughs> but um, you know, that's what they are. But down here in South Florida, which I didn't see, like I like you just mentioned in private games. 
you had a really good mix right. of the players that we're about to talk about that you mentioned in this article that Jonathan Little wrote. But now, you know, I people from out of state that have come to the room when I've had some of my uh, some of the bigger games on, and I've told them, you know, our two five. The two five that we always ran down here and that we still get up every now and then over there at Casino Miami plays like a ten twenty five day. Yeah. Plays like a ten twenty five. Uh anywhere else in the country. The amount of money that gets moved around there and the style of betting. But I'll address that as as we get into the article. Okay, well the first type of player he talks about, and I think we're seeing less and less of this as time goes on, part of your point that you just made, is the player who plays for social interaction. Um you know, at one time, this was the majority of players that came to have fun, meet new people, tell stories, and have fun at the table. Uh, play small to middle stakes so they don't get hammered. But, uh, you know, we're not seeing as much of that anymore. Well, not in South Florida. I'm, I'm, and I, I really should preface that. Not in my room as much as there used to be. Uh, yeah, the 2-4 limit players will do that. If I'm not mistaken, Jonathan Little... Uh, groups them as as the largest group of people. He, he did say that. Okay, yes. he groups them as the largest group of people because the large majority of these players are there to have. It's a social. It's not. Or they're just poker. trying to kill time. They're yeah, no, not to kill time because you know, listen, there's a lot better things to do than play poker to kill time. You you want to have a social uh, interaction with some of these people. Sometimes one or two of your friends do go to these games and you play with them, and and you do meet some nice people there. I mean, the private games for the most part were very sociable, Dave. But you did have players who were within these ranges of that Jonathan Little says in his article. But it was a lot more fun. We've discussed this on other previous shows many long time ago. The game hasn't become as much fun. Right. The uh, the newer group of people, it's become a very combative form of of poker, like I call it. You know. Well, he says that you know a lot of them don't really care if they win or lose. They just want to have a good time. Which is so. The, so you have to try to you know cater to that. And if you don't, the game starts drying up. You know. Right. You know. People don't realize you constantly have to get new blood and in there. And then by saying new blood, we also mean new money. And most of these people, a private game really doesn't want a tight, you know, outstanding player. Because he gives you no action. He gives you no action. And he usually takes money away from the, the, the lesser talented poker players. Yeah, well, he says that's what you, what you want as a player like him. He says you want to make these players as happy as possible while they play in a game they cannot beat. Exactly, and you got to be make them feel great when they do win a hand, when they do have a great night, because those people do have to go home every now and then with a lot more, you know, with more money than they came with. They have to feel that hey, I outplayed everybody today, you know, and you've got to play your part when you know that you're that that much more superior a, a poker player to these people is make sell it that wow. You you played outstanding today. You got to stroke that yeah. ego, so to speak, and let them know that because in the long haul, they keep coming once or twice a week to this game. By the end of the year, you're going to have a lot of their money. Yeah, that's what he says. Is uh, be sure to congratulate them on their winning hands and feel free to chat with them about whatever they want to talk about and kind of uh, you exactly. know whatever they're interested in uh, c- conversing about. And and that's how I grew up playing in this game, Dave. You know. On rare occasions, you'd see a jerk at the table, 
you know, and compared to today's jerks, that that person was downright, you know, uh, pleasant. <laughs> now that I think about it, you know, I've seen the come the you know, uh, it, it's like their their manhood is on is 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 being questioned with people who are coming into your room for the first time, and you know the. The dynamics of poker have changed so much, David. They want to get into the combativeness of it. And, you know, uh, instead of fists and bullets flying, you know, the chips go flying into the table and the insults <laughs> go flying. And that's, you know, so that in that regards, the game has changed so much from, from when I was growing up in it. And once again, once Hold'em was, ton- you know, was becoming the king, uh, poker game being played, um, it's again, it's it's so different right now from the poker that I played going back thirty, thirty-five, forty years ago when I was in my teens. Right. So, uh, the second group of players he says is the ones that uh, push the boundaries of the game, either playing overly tight or overly loose. Those are fun people to play with, though. Yeah. I mean. Once you get a read on them, Dave. Right. I love knowing that there's a maniac on my table, just as much as I know. I love knowing that there is a very, very tight, outstanding player, but he plays so damn tight that that you can you can practically him put him off his hands. Yeah. And and I've been able to do that. And what I believe has happened because I got one player in mind, and I'm not going to mention his name on the air. Okay, outstanding player. You know, he was an outstanding poker player. And he was smart enough to know that these people were not smart enough to understand that he was playing that way. Mm-hmm. I was. I stayed out of his way after just playing with him two or three sessions. I said, oh, I can't. <laughs> but I also knew how to move him off a hand when it was me and him. Because if he didn't have the nuts or the second nuts, you could push him off a hand. Right. Especially if he respected you as a player, which I knew he did with me. Well, what happened was he didn't adjust his style of play as the players got better, as people started to understand his style of play. So he was no longer taking home four, five, six hundred dollars, and I'm talking about in games that four, five, six hundred dollars was a lot of money. Right. You know, yeah. You, you know, you don't normally keep taking that home, or maybe eight hundred. But he played that game. Then the 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 quote. The uh, the nits, star, I mean the, uh, the 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 dead money people all of a sudden started going, oh you know what I'm not going to throw in these two or three extra bets a pot because so and so is in this pot, and he's been handing me my ass for the last few years and they made the adjustments so he wasn't able to take home that kind of money and then once he opened up his style of play Dave that's that's when. I saw what he was doing in another very good player there, and we were able to take advantage of that and know exactly what to stay out of his way, get out of, get out of, yeah. get off the train tracks when he's coming. But we could, we could derail him every now and then. Well, Jonathan says that uh, you know that some of these tight players they take great pride in folding a a good hand that uh, when they suspect their opponent has a better hand, okay. uh, they get enjoyment out of that. Others. The, the maniacs enjoy running insane bluffs whenever they think their opponent does not have the nuts. And very good players will set up traps for that. Right. I love seeing a maniac play. Now, what I don't like to see when I play is five or six maniacs. It, for me, it's so hard to play against them because now 
you can't even play poker, in my right. opinion, because, right. you know, you're playing premium hands. You want to play premium hands against these people, okay? But if four or five of them keep entering the damn pot, you're always going to be an underdog, even if you're holding pocket aces, you know? So I love to have one or two maniacs at the table uh, mixed in with about three or four tight players, you know, and, and then the rest... I'll, I'll battle against them, at least with the people that I used to know to play. But the two maniacs will build up the pots for you. The 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 tight players will keep throwing money in, but will not make it expensive for you unless they've got a complete monster. And then by then, you, you're, you're smart there. enough to know to get out of the pot. Yeah. So they're building up a pot while they have a decent enough hand to, to chase or to continue forward with the hand that they've got. And... You could usually push them really hard off of a hand, you know, unless they thought you were... The only people they wouldn't get pushed off by, by would be by the Maniacs. The Maniacs would have to show them. So when the Maniacs did have a good hand, they were making a, they were making a great pot. But, you know, the real... The people who knew how to mix it up properly, you could set a beautiful trap for them and, and take a monster pot home. Uh, the third type of player he talks about, someone who uh, basically just concentrates on winning. He's not looking for social interaction, doesn't get too excited over any single hand, uh, shows up to play his best every day and go home with uh, money, but still being happy whether he, if he played well, whether he won or lost. Well, that's the part that I'm not sure is true anymore, that he, that he goes home happy. Uh, I've seen too many decent players now make social comments, you know, um, it's true what he says that the top players don't get that excited about bluffing somebody. They don't, they don't, their peaks and valleys are, are very small as opposed to that second group of players. And sometimes even the first players, if, if they're running really bad, you know, but um, I don't know. The, those types of players... Now if they they have to know how to mix it up, which the game has changed so much. Right now, that's when you see these people pushing back with, you know, in the tournaments. You know, uh, you see them six, seven, four bed a pot. You know, now again, that's in a tournament, and I always tell people, go, how come this guy? You know, you're seeing that out of context. You're 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 seeing edited filming. You know, in a high stakes game. Rarely will you see somebody four bet if there's two or three other people in there with a six seven. Right. You know, at least in the high stakes games that I know, I I don't play those stratos. I've never played those stratosphere games, but the players play it a little differently now. The person pushing that six seven is one of those maniacs that we talked about in group two. You know, not so much the the top notch players. Right. Top notch players like to get it in with a top quality hand. You know, aces kings, ace kings suited. Well, uh, this uh, this third group, he considers himself a part of that. He says they're players who think at a high level, generally don't make uh, many egregious mistakes. And he said, uh, you know, even though he's part of that group, these are players you don't want in your game. You try to avoid them whenever possible. Of course, and there are some just like that in our in, in our in our casinos. Uh, there's one gentleman. He's a tremendous player. They like busting, you know, like when it's a friendly game, you know, because, you know, you're not supposed to say, oh, look at Big Dave. He's pushing the pot. He's got to have pocket aces, you know, and everybody fold, 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 you know. Uh, you know, they'll always bust his chops, so he'll know enough to every now and then show 
a hand that they don't expect him to play. Right. Let's put it that way. Not a bad hand, but a hand that they didn't expect him to play. That's how he gets some action later on. And he'll turn it over. He'll say, oh, you see, I'm not as tight as you think I am. That's with him pushing a pot that they got off because they put him on aces or kings. And then all of a sudden he turns over a 10-jack suited or something. you know. And he goes, ah, you see, I'm not as tight as you guys think I am. You guys are just scared to play against me. And that's a beautiful way of setting people up. And and I can't recall the last time I saw this person walk away a loser in my room. Really? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he kind of closes by saying, uh, winning players trade time for money. Losing players trade money for an experience. So he said, you want to make sure they enjoy their experience. And the best uh, advice he can give, in order to make your game profitable, you need to be nice and make that experience enjoyable for those at the table. And let me tell you, Dave, in some of the private games that we played in, it was, and you know, it was a learning session for me also, Dave, because I saw top-notch players that I was able to recognize right away, and we had some players that were coming to this game that I don't care how high the limits were, this wasn't going to affect their lifestyle one little bit, win, win or lose, okay? They could have won ten thousand dollars that night or lost ten thousand, and they could have gone home and and slept like a baby that night because it wasn't going to affect their lifestyle. They like the challenge. They're businessmen. They want to see if they can, you know, they've conquered. These people had already conquered quote whatever it is that their their business was, right. and they were at the top of their game there already, making tons of money. So they were looking for. To me, I realized they were looking for another challenge. So. The smart players stroked their ego. You understand? Right. They were losing players overall, but when they won, they, these guys made it sound like this guy had just kicked all their butts and uh, you know and and had been winning so much money and and they'd go home happy thinking they did this, but yet over the course of the, of of of, of uh, a couple of months, these guys were easily down twenty twenty five thousand dollars, but they kept coming, laughing. Everybody joking with them. Maybe some even going out to dinner, you know, socially uh, on nights that we weren't playing poker. So they did a great job of stroking these few players yeah. and making them believe that they were good enough players to be playing in this game. Well, it's a kind of an interesting take on, uh, you know, what you need to do when you're sitting with a group of players. You need to figure out, uh, you know, what they're all about. And this was this is kind of a, a deeper thought into personalities and styles of play as opposed to just basically looking at a hand and seeing a guy play, and if he has to show... And, was and that, the reason what kind that I told you that? is you don't see that today because the game has morphed into something very differently, very combative, at least down here. I don't know if that's true across the whole country. I haven't had enough chance over the last few years to play in different places, you know. So it's not as much social down here as as it once was. Right. It's It's a lot more combative. It's, you know... Like I said, everyone's looking to rip everybody's head off now. Right. And even though everybody was looking to, to take every dollar you had in your pocket, most of the times in the past they did it with a smile on their face and, and uh, made you feel good about it instead of insulting you and driving you away from the game. Absolutely. Okay, let's take one more break. Uh, when we come back, i got a story by the dealer chick, one of our favorite writers that writes in uh, Card Player Magazine. We'll take a look at that. Uh, someone asked her a kind of a simple question, and she told a really funny story. Uh, the question was, 
what's a typical day at the office like at the felt for a dealer? And uh, she has an interesting story. To I'm talk. curious to hear her remark on that because I've, well, I've agreed with her, I think, 100% on all the articles that, that we've discussed on air. Well, so. there's a lot of dialogue in it, so I'm going to try to read it and uh, see if you get a kick out of it. It uh, should be fine. I, I'm almost certain I will. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll finish things up here on another edition of the program. Thanks for being with us. And, uh We'll be back right after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Welcome back to the show, final segment, uh, Big Dave and Joe. One hand I want to take a look at from this EBT Barcelona. And I thought it was interesting because you realize, you know, they're shooting this for TV. You've got a final table. Everybody's introduced like a like a boxing match almost come in. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. And they sat down at the table, and uh, the chip leader uh, was uh, Simon Branston, who uh, eventually won the tournament, but he had a 18.5 million, and one of the play- other players at the table was one of the short stacks with 4.5 million chips. So they sat down, and on the very first hand, uh, Branston uh, Strom raised, and uh, this player Yun Yun Yi Lu uh, made the call from the button. Uh, 
So there was one other player that also uh, came along from the small blind, as did the big blind. So they're four-handed on the first wow. end of the day. Uh, the flop came jack of clubs, six of spades, five of clubs. So they checked around to the small stack. He fired away. Uh, the chip leader raised. Everyone else folded. Uh, Lou moved all in with king jack offsuit. So he had pocket jacks on the flop, or okay. not pocket jacks, but he had uh, he had he had uh, paired up on the on the flop. Uh, the chip leader who had him out uh, stacked by about four to one, had ace deuce of clubs. And the flop was again? Jack? The flop was uh, jack, six, five, one spade, two clubs. Okay, so he's drawing to the nut club flush. So uh, seven of spades came on the turn. Anyway, they they had gotten the small stack all in, and there was a king of clubs on the river that gave him the uh, The the nut flush. So uh, the guy gets knocked out at the final table of a major EPT televised event. He gets knocked out on the very first hand. I just thought that was kind of bizarre. Well, he was short stacked, four to Not one. Not hugely short. He had four some, to he one. Had some play. Yeah, but he what had some bli- play. Again, without knowing what the blinds were, and what was, his hand was, what was it? I know he had a jack in it. What was his other card? I'm sorry. Uh, king, king of king diamonds. Jack. He was first to call after the raise? Yeah. All right, so you're figuring the chip leader is, is raising just about every hand. He's got a, a good enough well, actually hand to the, uh No, he... Let's see. He, he made a, a big bet first, uh, this short stack did. And then the chip leader raised him, and then he moved all in. But you said four people saw the flop. Yeah, but I'm talking about after the flop. I don't okay. know exactly what the bets were. Well, like I said, on the flop... You know, if, if the chip leader, uh, you know, raised, two people called at this time, he's got value to call with the King Jack hits top top card. Yeah. Time to push in and see see if the see if the chip so leader. Wrong with that. Nothing. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, you know. Kindly, hardly you, you worth play. taking a shower and getting dressed play, up. You got to play. You got to play. You got to play. You know, you got to play <laughs> your hands. You know, so. I just I, think and I think he made the right move. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he was in the advantage. I mean, granted, his opponent could have hit three aces also to beat him. Yeah. But at this point, you're gonna have to take coin flip uh, chances. Well, he's no longer the short stack if he if the guy doesn't hit the the club on the river. So exactly. So exactly. Right. And and at right. that point, he moves up to about, and two other people had seen some sort of bet before the flop, so he's got at least nine to ten million in chips now, and and the chip leader's down to about fourteen now. <laughs> Now, now you can look at him and say, "Okay, let let the games begin," you know, <laughs> and you've got a you've got a stack to fight him. Yeah, that's true. So you can't really judge things by uh, the no, final. No, I mean, you know, if he had if he had gone in with like a jack deuce, then maybe, but but you know, he played a decent hand, caught top pair with a good kicker, decided to take his chance, uh, you know, and then life happened or poker life happened when he when the Third club hit the board. Okay, well, let's get to this story, and I'll try to shorten it up a little bit so it's not too long. But uh, uh, she talks about a hand where she is uh, checking in at the table to take over for the previous dealer. Uh, so you try uh, to make it fairly seamless uh, so the players don't realize what's happening, uh, really, as far as uh, any conversation between the two dealers. But as the one dealer got up, she says to the uh, the 
dealer chick coming in, she said, seat 10 is a total dick. <laughs> so she said, uh, she goes ahead and uh, says, how's everybody doing? And, uh, you know, a little, little small talk. Uh, so she goes ahead and says, aunties, please. Come on, come on, guys, show me some auntie love. So everybody except seat 10 puts their auntie in. He just kind of ignores her looking at his phone. She goes, sir, auntie, please. I need your auntie. Nothing. She smacks the table in front of him. Sir, please put out your auntie. So he tosses a couple of green chips out. She scoops them in the pot and makes the deal. So one of the guys says, uh, oh, looks like you got a real dealer here, boys. And uh, she's a pretty good dealer. And another, the one, seat one, which is to her right, or to her left, she says, or the guy says, yeah, and a pretty one at that. <laughs> so she says, I do what I can. And she makes a little note. I readjust my legs away from seat one <laughs> so that she's not touching uh, him under the table. Uh, so seat five uh, uh, makes the lead and says, raise. Throws a yellow chip in, worth a thousand. Uh, the blinds are three six. She says, uh, "Make it twelve, sir." He goes, "Okay, no worries. Twelve's the bet." So he said, "My bad." So the action folds around to seat ten, and she says, "Sir, your action." He says, "I know, I know. What's the raise?" She said, twelve. He says, "But he threw in one chip. That's a call." She said, "He said raise. I didn't hear him say raise. I said raise. I said raise." So she uh, says, uh, you said the raise, sir, we know. So the raise is 12. So the, another player says, hey, buddy, you want to slow the game down anymore? And he says, I fold. Okay. So they go ahead, muck the cards, play the next hand. And seat one says, what's the raise? He laughs at his own joke, you know. Uh, everyone folds around to the original raiser. And she pushes the small pot his way. And moves the button. Now she comes back again. Aunties, please. Everyone except seat 10, aunties. said, sir, I need your auntie, please. Now, this is a live game or a tournament? No, a live game. Uh, And so one of the other players jumps in. Dude, come on, give her the ante so she can deal. So finally tosses out the two green chips. She puts them in the pot, pitches the cards. And the first uh, player throws in 1,800. So she says, raise. The next three players fold. Seat 10 says, how much is the raise? Seriously, dude, says another guy. 18, I say. You didn't announce the raise. I said raise. You didn't announce how much. And while the other player says, she's not required to announce how much when the raise is obvious. Uh, Seat 4 glares at uh, seat 10. Stop wasting your time and play poker, why don't you? She's supposed to announce changes in action, seat, seat 10 says. Uh, sir, I announce raise. This is a visual game. It's on you to pay attention and follow the action. Now, please act. He folds, so they play out the hand. Another hand comes by. She has to say, sir, auntie, please. Uh, so he ignores her. She reaches over to pull him out of his stack, and he says, don't touch my chips. She said, sir, if you're not going to put your aunties out, I will take them. And he says, don't touch my chips. I would have dealt him out. <laughs> so seat eight says, dude, come on, just let her take it. You're slowing up the game. She's do- just doing her job. He goes, these are my chips. She's not allowed to touch them. And so she says, the dealer says, no, sir, they're not your chips. They belong to the tournament director. They are on loan for you for the duration of the time spent in the, in, in the game. So this was a tournament. This was a tournament, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, the TD hired me to f- facilitate this tournament, and an, 
expedient manner. You're hindering my ability to do that. You have two choices. Either put the antis out when I ask the first time, or I will get them myself. Your call. So she locks eyes with him, biting the inside of her cheek to keep from flinching. Tosses in the chip, goes back to his phone. Overhead, we hear, dealers, if you've started to riffle, uh, complete, complete that hand and hold up. Players, you're on a 15-minute break. So we finish the hand. Uh, the players disband for the break. She goes, I pass another dealer ready to take over for my table. And she says, hey, C-10 is a total dick. <laughs> <laughs> she had oh. the same experience that the other dealer did. Yeah, exactly. We we used to have a name for great tippers, you know, and you just go up and go, hey, you know, seats four, six, and seven are, are George's, you know, and, you know. We got a George on. We got a real George on eight, you know, and they would understand. I was a great tipper. Then I can't remember the name for the total dick at the, <laughs> at the table, but we did have a name in my day, thirty almost thirty years ago, when I started dealing um, for you know people who were total dicks, as she likes to put. Well, even with with uh, them mentioning that, she said she got the feeling that it was going to be one of the longest half hours of the day. And is that the feeling that happens, basically? Uh, yeah, when you, you just kind of know that you're... When you get somebody go. like that who's just... What they're try- I mean, what I've seen here is that most of these people are trying to get you off your game to make a mistake. And guess what? Like I, That's why I asked if it was a tournament. So if it's a tournament... I'm reaching in and grabbing them the first time I ask them. Yeah. And I, that scenario that occurred, as she said, later on in the hand, wouldn't have happened. Now, that's why one of the main reasons that I love the fact that, that Big Blind puts up the Annie's. Yeah. You understand? That changes things To avoid everything. Yeah, You're exactly. the Big Blind, six and six. End good, of conversation. Good, good point. Good point. You understand? So this would stop some of this stuff here. You know, he probably would still continue to do it, at which point I'd call a supervisor over. He's slowing the game down. This is a tournament. We're on the clock. I'm asking him to put him up those chips. And I would have said, listen, sir, if you don't put it up, she's going to reach in and grab your chips. He gives me any lip. I, I, I give him a round penalty. He freaks out. I throw him out of the tournament, plain and simple. Yeah. You, you know, he's he's hindering the tournament and really make giving a bad experience to everybody else on that table. Right. I personally as a as a <laughs> as as a manager, tournament otherwise, I don't I don't like putting up with idiots like this. I let them know right away and if they don't like it, I'll go them into getting into 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 it with me and then, you know, it's like they go one more word out of you and you're out of here and they go, "What? That's the one. Thank you." <laughs> you're out, and you're well, out, and you're out of here. So, bottom you know. line as we finish out here on the show is at least this guy didn't stand up and drop his pants. No, thank God, you know. <laughs> but it's but it's still annoying as anything else. Exactly. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate you being with us and uh we look forward to another show next week. Uh Big tournaments we'll be following and uh, try to get some sound and uh, some interviews with some of these players as they come back to town. Uh, I'd love to have Jessica, Jessica Dolly back on the show after after winning that big tournament at Seminole Hard Rock, so we'll work on that as well over the next couple of weeks. That's going to do it, Joe. Thank you for all your contributions. Gio, thank you for your help. And we appreciate uh, you, being, you the fans, being with us on the show every week here on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.